0: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida
1: Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Monday, May 24th edition of Locked On Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, every day. This is a daily podcast, where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez, from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at mondoman 12 You can follow the show account, at LO underscore F-L-A Panthers. You can also follow the national show, Locked On NHL, anywhere you listen to podcasts and their Twitter page. At Locked On NHL Pods, and don't forget the Cross Check NHL Show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to so get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. So, Florida Panther fans. It is game five tonight, 8 p.m. BB&T Center. Three to one trailing against the cross-state rival Tampa Bay Lightning, and here to talk about game five and the Florida Panthers in general is from Onside Radio and the former pre-intermission and post-game hosts. From the Florida Panthers Radio Network, it is Alex Dono. How are you, buddy?
0: Mondo, I'm doing so great, man, and I appreciate the work you do sharing the gospel of Florida Panthers hockey every single day, man. It is a beautiful, beautiful service you provide, and I'm happy to be on. And I'm trying to keep my spirits up, man. I know down, down three to one. It's like every time I talk to a Panthers fan, it's almost like, hey, I'm so sorry about the situation we're in right now, but. It is what it is, man. We take it one period at a time, one game
1: at a time from here on out. And I'm I'm so with you there. And it's funny because when I recorded yesterday's post-game episode, it was like less than 30 minutes after the final buzzer. And Roy Bellamy of the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz kind of held me in check a little bit right at the top of the show. And <laughs> I couldn't be more thankful for for someone like Roy Bellamy for something like that. And this is also the, the greatest time to be a sports fan, at least here, here in the U S where you have the Florida Panthers in the, in the playoffs, though they're down three to one, you get the emotional highs and lows with that. We, we saw a great, I don't know if you saw this game, but Carolina, Nashville today, UC Soros was amazing. Oh Nedeljkovic was amazing. The, uh, Soros had 58 saves on 61 shots from from Carolina, and they still found a way to win in overtime. And the PGA Championship, um, I used I used to work at the Golf Channel during my my time. And seeing Phil Mickelson with his comeback at 50 years old, it has been an amazing sports weekend. And of course, I haven't really watched much basketball lately with doing this podcast and paying attention to the Florida Panthers mostly. But you know, NBA playoffs is kicked in, so it's it's a good time to be a sports fan.
0: Yeah, it's a great time, uh, no doubt, and it's it's really like it, you know, because it, it used to be, and I know you're a big uh, Miami Dolphins fan as well. Like sometimes things used to be kind of quiet during the NFL offseason, but man, like for the South Floridians, you got a hockey team in the playoffs, you got a basketball team in the playoffs, you got a a soccer team that wasn't here a couple of years ago playing regular season games. Like it, it's a really really exciting time, man, and and even you know e- even with our Panthers, obviously. I'm bummed to be down three to one in this series, but I I know, I mean, first and foremost, Mondo, something I feel good about, and I'll reiterate what I said early on. We got to take it one period at a time, one game at a time. And and I know the players have been sharing this message. They're not talking about being one game away from elimination. They're talking about just going out there and doing their jobs. Something that makes me feel great is knowing that they're coming home tonight to the BB&T Center in Sunrise, and they're actually... Uh, upping capacity from where it was in the first two games, right? Because when they were at 50% and they had like 9,400 and some sold in there making so much noise and being so rowdy, you know, we're, we're going to up that, you know, from 50% capacity to 75% capacity. Now math is not my strong suit. So I don't know if that ends up being like, 13,000, whatever it is, uh, 13, 13 and a half thousand, but they are going to be loud because they've been loud for these past couple of games. So if the Panthers, you know, aren't able to pull it off in game five and extend the series, it's certainly not going to be the fault of the Panthers fans because they're going to be loud and rowdy. And I just, I think that atmosphere, it's going to sound great in the arena. It's going to sound great on TV and radio, no matter where people are taking it in from. uh, I I think it's going to be awesome because these guys are fighting for their playoff lives
1: in the next game absolutely and as a fan who who attended game 1 i'll tell you from the human experience side of all things i never felt so alive at a sporting event and ah. and just everyone together waving their towels cheering on the panthers and what this place could be for as as a as as a city that could really embrace a a good winning team with culture and let's go back to from the times that you were the pre intermission and post-game host for the Florida Panthers setting up Doug Plagans and Billy Lindsay during your time there Let, let's talk about how 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 awesome has it been watching this from afar
0: dude it's been it's been really cool and it, it, it's been different I mean obviously working the games for about six seasons was a thrill and a privilege and it's something it's something that I do miss I mean listen I you know, I I stepped away for various other opportunities, and I, I wish I just had more time in the day to be able to do everything because that that was honestly it was one of the fa- one of my favorite things that I've done you know in, in my time in terrestrial radio and uh, and and I always loved it. I only got to actually work you know in person one playoff run, and that was when they had the pretty epic six-game series against the New York Islanders. I think I want to say it was 2016, although I'm not always great. key. Yeah, dude, I, I see you're nodding your head. So 2016, we'll go with that. And, you know, getting, and, and we had a couple of overtime games, a few overtime games in that series, and just hearing how the crowd was into it. And like, I know that, listen, sometimes in South Florida, the lights have got to be bright, and it's got to be a big stage for people to really step in and support it. But You know, we know every time that this team is in a playoff run, the people are going to go crazy. And I think that can carry over. I mean, listen, but long before I was ever part of the team broadcast, um, I I was a uh, I was a kid. I was about uh, 11 years old, you know, during the run to the Stanley Cup finals in 1996. And I went to a couple of those games in the playoffs that year, throwing rats on the ice as a kid, going to a couple of games with my dad in the Miami arena. That's what made me a hockey fan. Right. I mean, you know, I I think uh, I think the first spark for me in the early 90s to become a hockey fan was uh, when the first Mighty Ducks movie came out, because every I'm 36 now. And I think I was eight years old when the Mighty Ducks came out. Every kid around my age group, whether you're in Hawaii, South Florida, Minnesota, we're all like, you know, doing roller hockey, buying hockey sticks and all that. And I caught the bug a little bit. And then like a year after the Mighty Ducks movie came out you know, we, we got a hockey team in town, 93, the Florida Panthers expansion. And man, a few years later, they're in the playoffs. We're throwing rats on the ice. We're making a run to the Stanley cup. That was a whole different sort of beast. Right. And, and now we're trying to recapture some of that magic because honestly, when I started doing the team broadcast in 2014, you know, we knew at that time that the team was a work in progress. I mean, uh, Barkov had just been uh, drafted. Huberdo was new on the scene. Uh, it was when I started was right after Aaron Ekblad was drafted, who had a tremendous rookie year. So you could start to see the building blocks come into place, right? And that was also a magical year because Roberto Luongo had just been reacquired in a trade at that time. But you, you knew that the team wasn't deep. You knew that the team was very young. And so you fast forward you know, six years into seven years, we're seeing essentially the same core together now in the case of Aaron Ekblad horrific injury he suffered a couple of months ago Uh, he was playing so well before that but he's going to be a big part of this team's core moving forward so you're starting to see some of these players that were you know 20 21 years old back in those days when I started with the team and these guys now are, are late 20s veterans and they're some of the best players in the NHL so you know we're really seeing this project come together And this is just such a weird year. And I don't don't want to make any excuses for the fact that the Panthers are, you know, one game away from elimination and it's a tough road ahead. I mean, in a normal year, you wouldn't be matched up in the first round with a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, And, you know, I, I think that kind of what we're seeing, Mondo, the way that this series is playing out. It's some of the things that I was afraid of. I mean, I I heard some folks saying, Oh, you know, I'd rather be matched up against the Lightning than against Carolina because we had such a better regular season series against against the Lightning and we struggled against Carolina. I didn't look at it that way because the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, not only did they have, you know, Kucherov waiting to make his return, you know, with the little salary cap shenanigans that were that they were pulling and all that, but you know, this Tampa Bay Lightning team, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions. They've got that championship pedigree. They are battle-tested, and you knew they were going to be able to turn it on. And we're seeing, you know, facing some of these problems in this series, you know, how how great Tampa Bay are on the power play, uh, which has been a real thorn in our side. I know that in game uh, four, you know, the teams each had two power play goals, but in, in game one, they really torched us on the power play. And, uh, and, and they've just been more clinical with their scoring chances. I mean you look at you know the, the way that both Panthers goaltenders have have struggled and, and we may see a third start, uh, start in this upcoming game. but with the way that Bobrovsky and uh, Andreegs have both struggled a bit and, and with Bobrovsky the other day we've seen I think three breakaway goals he's been scored on and breakaways are tough, but still it's like oh, you got to get a glove on that or a pat on that or something. You got to make you, one. Yeah, yeah. So, so Tampa Bay have just been more clinical with their chances. And so you kind of feel like the Panthers are are due for a big game five, but man, all of the challenges and problems I was expecting from the Tampa Bay
1: Lightning are playing out so far. Just credit to them. They've been really good. And you're absolutely right when it comes to facing the Tampa Bay Lightning versus facing like a versus facing a a Nashville or Carolina in the first round. And we're seeing it with the Nashville Predators and the Carolina Hurricanes all knotted up at two. Yeah. After two double overtime games in Na- Nashville back to back. And the the experience factor. Of, of course, Carolina has a little bit of experience making the conference finals two years ago and then exiting in the first round, facing against the same team in the Boston Bruins. So they're running, they've run up against the same Boston Bruins team in back-to-back years who eliminated them. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma's money is a brand new checking account where you can win Cash reimbursement for making purchases when you use your credit karma money debit card you can win instant daily karma purchase reimbursements on items up to five thousand dollars just pay with your debit card and if you win you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account credit karma has always given away over three million dollars in instant karma to over five thousand credit karma members and counting open your fdic insured spend account for free there's no minimum balance requirements no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 atms right now visit credit winmoney win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma go to credit winmoney win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck research and developed for three years to be made for people not patients Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors wintergreen cinnamon and pomegranate Lucy also has lozenges with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA card to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on NHL Network listeners, go to Lucy. C-O and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum and lozenges. That's Lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONNHL nothing's official with spencer knight however yesterday i was not really for the decision to play spencer Knight, and i tweeted this on the locked on panthers account earlier today but for the people listening that don't have twitter i said that coach q provided something when he put Bobrovsky in a few games ago in place of drieger and that was a spark and this is exactly what Coach Q is trying to do. He's trying to look for a spark. Spencer Knight is, I believe, 4 0 his in his game so far. Sure, he just got out of Boston College, just not even three months ago. And he might be p- placed in this spot. But when I – and this is going to make me sound like such a big Coach Q apologist, but even though I didn't agree – agree in the decision at first, when the question was first brought up before any news that Spencer Knight was even gonna be considered. I think about the the spark that he's trying to create with throughout the team, not just putting him there, but the the effect that it could have through the locker room. I think about what an impact a coach can send in that. And I say, why doubt him?
0: We very much are, have similar lines of thinking on this. You know, uh, I, I was having a conversation with a coworker of mine at Onside radio a couple of days ago, who's, you know, he's, he's not, he's not quite as big of a hockey fan as I am. And, and he's obviously been very critical of the goaltending seeing both Bob and Drieger struggling. And, and he asked me like, Hey, like, you know, isn't it time to give Spencer Knight an opportunity? And and my, like I, I immediately just said, no, no way. He's 20 years old. He's so green. You know, you need to rely on experience that, yeah, he got a little playing time at the end of the year, but Drieger and Bob are the ones that got you to this dance. You have to rely on them. Okay. And then you fast forward a, a few days since I had this conversation with him and you've had a couple more rough outings for the top two goalies. And, um I'm I'm still surprised like when we found out on on Sunday's practice that it was Spencer Knight in the starters net um which is a pretty strong indication that he's going to go in game 5 and like you said it's not official but it's a pretty strong indication. I was surprised and and the first person that I reached out to is actually someone who's who was a recent guest on your show, a really good friend of mine Dave Dwork from Local 10. Like he he's like my hockey buddy. Like we talk hockey Pretty much every day and I'm like I, I'm like I'm like do you do you support this I'm really shocked by it and he gave me an incredible line all right right. Cause a, to kind of outline coach Q's thinking if you're gonna go into a gunfight don't leave that gunfight with anything left in your clip right and I, I, I think that's yeah like I, I, think that. I, think, I think that's now the philosophy for coach Q like coach Q as we've come to learn um his his genius on this is pretty consistent in that he believes in in a meritocracy. Like he doesn't believe in, oh, I've got to start the guys who are making the most money. I've got to start the guys who have been around the longest. Like Coach Q is very much a believer of, sometimes you have to shake it up. And, and if, you know, the guy who's making $10 million a season is not delivering. And then if, you know, the other guy who's going to be a really hot free agent uh, this summer is not delivering, then mix it up because what we've been doing isn't working. Now, I still think, giving the start to Spencer Knight, I think it's a gamble. Like, I, I think it's a gamble because he's so young and inexperienced. Like you said, four oh and 0 in his limited time in the regular season. But this guy was, was playing with Boston College like months ago. Like, he's v- very, very new as a professional. You're obviously rolling the dice because there is a chance he gets out there, playoff hockey, that moment just becomes too big for a 20-year-old goaltender. And, you know, he may wilt under that sort of pressure. But – there's also a chance he rises under that pressure and he ends up having this like adrenaline filled 40 saves out of 41 shots type of performance, which is I think what coach Q is hoping for, but um, I I can respect it. It, It's not something that I I predicted and it's not something if I were coaching the Panthers, I don't think I would have had the stones to do this, but thank goodness I'm not coaching the Panthers because they probably wouldn't have won more than like 10 games. Uh, But I think coach Q realizes he's taking a gamble because if, if Bob and Drieger are not working for me right now, why not give the kid a shot? Because at this point, you don't have a whole lot to lose. The percentages say that coming back down three to one. Now, I know that we've seen some crazy things happen in hockey. and I think in the history of the Stanley Cup playoffs, 29 teams have come back You know, from a three to one deficit. So the Panthers could be the 30th team to do it, which is actually more than I thought. Would have come back from uh, from a three to one deficit. So, so it's not impossible, but I think uh, I think Hugh is is rolling the dice here and saying if the two veterans aren't getting it done for me, I'm going to give the kid a shot, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles it.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm with you there, and I I can I can only imagine if I were in that position, it would be so hard for me to sleep. The night before, get, knowing that you're going into a big stage, an elimination game, and I can feel good about it if he starts and wins, and even if he loses the next one after that, because Coach Q doesn't really do a lot of lineup shakeups after. Right. And if he loses after that in a, in a game six, if there is one, then I could feel good going into the off season. If if he were to get blown up and it's like four for nothing after the first few few minutes knock on wood that then that long off season something my colleague frank ricas talked about in um in our in our panther parkway chat is like if if something were to happen where where the tampa bay lightning just destroy the panthers in in game five then that's going to be a long off season for such a young kid but Here's the other thing too with that. So there's there's different types of scenarios that could happen too. And I was talking about this with the host of the Locked On Boston College podcast, AJ Black, about how he's very composed, he's very calm. The moment is never too big for this kid. I mean, he won a gold medal for Team USA in the world juniors just this past year before the season even started. So it, it's like you go back to all of that, put all those things into consideration. And it's great that even that you have something for the future, but Hey, you give the kid a shot. And if he wins, you could go into the off season. If you, if you lose this series, knowing that you got something there. I think you made a
0: great point by the way, about him, you know, just winning a gold medal in the junior championship, because you're right. um, Even though, he may not have reached like the highest pinnacles of NHL success. Um, he's faced big moments before. So I, I I don't know like how you would compare the nerves that go into a, an elimination NHL playoff game with the nerves that go into a gold medal game. It might be similar. Maybe he was more nervous about the gold medal game. I, I don't know how he's going to approach that, but he he does seem like a young man who, uh, who doesn't get rattled by nerves. So I like that. And I, I kind of feel like in, in net, if you're going to rely on on a young buck, then you know as far as the skaters go, I, I think it's really important that you know because we, we we've seen some unlikely Panthers step up and score big goals. Our, our pal Lamborghini had the huge uh, had the huge overtime game winner, but I, I I still feel like in a game like this where your backs are against the wall, I want to see the barcobs and the Huberdos really carrying the load, and then obviously Huberdo has been just massive. In these playoffs with eight points so far in in four games which is just a ridiculous average he's building up i i really want to see the captain and i want to see who being the guys carrying it and it's not saying i don't want to find some goals elsewhere if you know bennett and and wenberg and verhage can step up and score that's great but i feel like in a game like this especially on home ice you've got to rely on your best players and your most consistent scores to deliver and if they, if the two of those guys don't have good games, you're probably not gonna win this game. I think both of them need to be special.
1: Absolutely, and in game three, Barkov did get a little shaken up and came back a little bit after. So I think Barkov is playing a little bit shaken up, but hey. That's a good he, point as well. He, yeah. he's, he's playing, so I'm sure Barkov is getting so much treatment in between games, we don't know. Of course, it's, ho- it's hockey. In the NHL, they don't really reveal the severity of injuries, so we don't know what kind of injury he's going through at this moment in time. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut Almond, coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You know what my favorite is? My favorite is the peanut butter brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. A couple of other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs, 9 amazing flavors. All tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Lock 15 and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code Lock15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. I think about the level of play around the goalie too, that they know that they don't want to let their teammate down in, in this situation. So defensive pairings as well, like a like a Uyghur and now a strawman with Yandel being scratched. And I assume he's going to be scratched again. Marcus Nudevar has had two not so good games in Tampa in the, in the last one, Montour as well. And that could also raise the the level of play as well there. Goudis had a an, an awful draw to the left that caused the first breakaway on that first goal. So it, it, could, it, could, help, it could really help through, throughout the team as well. Yeah,
0: I think especially when you brought up that Gouda's mistake, I'm, I'm having flashbacks because that was so bad. And and I think that a greater point here heading into this game is I'm fine with being aggressive, physical and getting a little chippy. But I don't want this to get so out of control where you're sacrificing positioning to make risky hits or, you know, I, I don't I don't like uh, You know what Anthony declare did with that hook like you're completely away from the puck like you don't need to be taking cheap shots like you you have to be focusing on winning and I understand part of hockey. And I support it i'm not one of those guys who thinks they should outlaw fights or anything I think that's an important part of the game, I really do. Uh, So i'm fine for some chippiness, but at the same time, I know that you know when a team is down in a game and down in a series. Oftentimes you want to make it a little bit extra ugly because when you, when you get a little bit chippy out there, it can kind of spark some more aggression, but the Panthers also have to be really careful because we, you know, for a couple of reasons, I mean, you, you don't want to get so out of control that you're making mistakes. that are going to lead to breakaways. And in a series like this, we clearly see the more time you spend in the penalty box, the more goals you're going to give up because the Tampa Bay lightning are the type of team that's going to make you pay with a man advantage. So I'm I'm all for physicality and I'm all for setting a tone but you can't get so aggressive and physical that it's taking you away from the fundamentals of hockey and I we, we've been teetering on the edge like there's been a few times where we're walking that kind of dangerous line where they'll they'll sacrifice the fundamentals of hockey to try and be physical and we want to be careful with that
1: yeah and Tampa Bay is seven for 15 on the power play and this mm-hmm. is just under Fifty percent. It's in the forties. I don't know that number on the top of my head, but it's not a good number, regardless. So yes, it's been a it's been a theme really all series, and really the only game that they've been great when it comes to the PK has really been game two. That's and they they lost they lost that game as well. So with with game five on tonight at eight PM, like you said, the capacity is raised to seventy five K and. I, I wonder if this was a three to one series in the Panthers favor, what would it, what would it look like? What would it look like with, if it was two two? the the Vinny Viola and company really even ownership really wants this so they're they're sending a message with increasing the capacity. Now let's get a little bit about what you've been doing with onside radio to, in, in in case the people who haven't heard from you since your time with the Florida Panthers Radio Network. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Onside Radio.
0: Oh, I really appreciate you you giving me that opportunity. Yeah, I'm doing a lot uh, with Onside Radio, and it's a new new venture. It's all digital, local sports talk for the South Florida fan. You can check out everything at onsideradio.com. We also stream all the shows on YouTube and Twitch. So the video and the interaction that comes with those chat rooms adds a lot to it as well. So every single weekday um, from three to 6 p.m. I've got a three hour block and they, they just, they let me go nuts, man. Like we, we go all around the place. I, I talk a lot of Panthers, like you, you're not gonna find a whole lot of, a lot of other shows probably anywhere in the country that talk as much uh, Florida Panthers as I do. I uh, obviously talk a, a lot of Miami Dolphins, that's kind of our bread and butter some Miami Hurricanes as well, and we, we talk a lot of, uh, we do talk some soccer as well quite a bit, because we're actually the flagship station for Inter-Miami games, so we broadcast all the games on on-site radio, and I, I'm, I'm kind of what I did for the Panthers, I do for Inter-Miami, I do the pre-game, halftime, and post-game shows with Orlando Alzagari, the big O, who's another uh, South Florida staple, uh, He's he's been around for a long time oh, wow. doing his thing, yeah, so so we we have a really good time there. So three to six p.m. every day. I actually I also do a, a combat sports-based show fight night from seven to nine p.m. on Thursdays. So that I think there's a pretty good chance if you like if you go on to onsite radio.com and like any random part of the day,
1: you'll probably hear me on there. They keep me really busy and I love every second of it. And that's the great part about it. So even South Florida sports fans who aren't local anymore, like myself, they can tune in anytime. And yep, there's also podcasts for the listener after the fact so if you don't catch it live you could always catch it on a podcast like one of my favorite shows tripping the cats with david dork the radio show on the saturdays i don't always catch it live because mostly on the on the weekends i'm mostly refereeing uh youth games nice. so i always i would every around like when it drops around like two hours after that's when i get it so it, 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 it's it's awesome and you your man your show man of the match as well and i know you're i know you're a, a, a soccer guy mostly i'm not really i'm not really a soccer guy i do have my mls team orlando city sc i know oh, there a you lot go
0: bitter rivals.
1: i know a lot of panther <laughs> fans are listening and thinking uh but yeah so <laughs> but it's what what's going on in the world of soccer quickly to i know you're a soccer guy.
0: Oh man, uh, pl- plenty. I mean, as far as domestically, uh, we're we're about uh, six games into the MLS regular season, so that that's just starting to heat up. while, while the European seasons are winding down, and we have the uh, the Champions League final coming up uh, this weekend, uh, an all English final between Chelsea and Man City. You know, and actually today or, or or these past couple of days over the weekend is when most of the European leagues were wrapping up I'm a big fan of the Italian league the Serie A they just had their final match day on Sunday you know the English league and the German leagues and the Spanish league just wrapped up as well so it's like a whirlwind and then the crazy thing about soccer is it it reminds me a lot of like the NBA and the NHL is getting to this uh as well because free agency becomes crazy so like in 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 soccer they don't call it free agency they call it the transfer window but Mm -hmm. but it's basically it's the same sort of madness so you have like some of the the best players in the world get rumored to go to all these other teams. And, you know, a lot of times they don't end up going anywhere because for like the past year and a half, everyone's wondering, Oh, is Messi going to leave Barcelona? now it looks like he's staying at Barcelona, but it's still, it's the same sort of madness you get from the NHL and the NBA. So that's kind of what we have to look forward to over the next couple of weeks or the transfer rumors are going to start heating up.
1: That's awesome. And, When when I used to work with NBC Sports, there was uh, TVs everywhere. Literally, I would have my desk right here, and right above me, I would have one TV to my left, one TV in the middle, one TV to the right. And sometimes I'll put NHL on one, NBA on the other, and sometimes soccer, like right in the middle, as as I was working as I was working. And (laughs) a lot of those, of course, a lot of those uh, news stations, especially in sports, they have a lot of those TVs. So it literally, when you work in the media. You you get to watch literally all the games. ESPN has that motto. It's like, oh, you don't watch all the sports, so we do. So I, I kind of got that feeling from when I was working inside of an actual newsroom. So that that experience was pretty awesome. And I got to l- watch a little bit of English Premier League because, of course, NBC Sports is the, w- is the partner of it, at least right now I, with NBCSN uh, closing at the end of the year. I don't know what the English contract looks like, but I know what the, yeah, they're, they're
0: mostly they're, like. they're 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 keeping it on NBC, but they're, they're pumping it mostly to, uh, to their digital platform Peacock. So that that's going to be the way most people are going to have to watch moving forward, but it, it, it's massive. Uh, the, the, the English league, they market it so, so well. Like I, I wish that, I wish the Italian league could like package it worldwide the way the English league does. Cause even the coverage in the United States for the English league is excellent. They do a great job with that league at NBC.
1: Yeah. Ever since, ever, ever since going remote from COVID I haven't before. Not, not working there anymore. I, I, I was able to, I was able to watch it and I kind of, I kind of missed it a little bit, but the other, but. I also didn't miss it because I had so many screens in front of me. That that was the overstimulating part about it. So there, there's pros and cons to it. But anyways, Alex, I want to thank you for coming on to this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. For me and my listeners, where can they find you online?
0: Awesome. Yeah, you can find me online mostly you know complaining about tampa bay being over the salary cap but uh, you can find me on twitter at alex Dono. Dono spelled d-o-n-o i kid i i i like ribbing the uh, the tampa bay lightning fans we have a good time with each other i i try and hold up the sanctity of the florida panthers so yeah look for me on twitter that's where i spend most of my time on digital media i i tend to really lack you know updates on facebook and instagram because i focus so much on twitter but if you follow me there at alex Dono, we'll have a lot of fun
1: together Awesome. Go follow him and you'll see some Florida Panthers tweets in there and you'll see a lot of definitely soccer tweets there too. Him and Inter Milan especially. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you so much. And thank you once again to Alex Dono of Onside Radio for joining me on this episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast to talk about The Florida Panthers season as a whole, watching it from afar, to what's been going on in this series, to what we anticipate in Game 5 possibly with young goaltender, 13th overall pick from the 2019 NHL entry draft in Spencer Knight, who will probably be making his postseason debut tonight for the Florida Panthers against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and for also providing a little bit of what he does on onside radio for the South Florida sports fan. So go check that out. And don't forget to also check out Locked On NHL anywhere you listen to podcasts and the Crosscheck NHL show where they'll be covering the whole Stanley Cup playoffs. And don't forget to also tune in to the Locked On Today podcast. The Knicks were left stunned and father time lost at the PGA Championship. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.